Welcome, and thank you for joining us for another episode of The Gather Podcast. These conversations hold space for the expression of wisdom from changemakers and relational leaders here at Powerhouse. We co-create each gathering with the intention to amplify and accelerate the change work of relational leaders for a more integrated, interconnected, and intentional world. As a community that bridges Western and ancestral wisdom in a monthly membership practice, we gather live on the leader path where each of these conversations is paired with a live wisdom circle, activations, tools, and resources to support the acceleration of your change work when you are ready. We hope you enjoy this masterclass style conversation with a relational change maker as we explore holding space for vulnerability this season. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm practicing this as, as Irish. Uh, and welcome to season 11 of Gather for Her, a powerhouse masterclass series for social impactors, exploring what it means to be a relational change maker and a leader in these unprecedented times of systemic change. Let me tell you a little bit about powerhouse, and I will introduce myself and everybody else in just a moment. Uh, but Powerhouse champions relational changemakers and their organizations by offering hands-at-your-back support with our relational changemaker model to amplify and accelerate the social impact that you're here to make. And Gather for Her is a series of conversations. And our, our theme this season on Gather is holding space for vulnerability, which is actually part two of four that began where our annual fire circle left off. And our, we have, what I mean by that is we host an annual fire circle every year and um, we always inquire into a seemingly unanswerable question to listen into the collective solutions that, uh, that arrive between us. And our question this year was uh, healing our systems. How do we heal our systems? And at the end of four days of exploring that, what was very clear was relational relational ways and relationship was the instructions. I'll, I'll call it that because it came from our collective uh, solution finding and listening into each other. So it's like this instruction of exploring relational ways um, was what we were kind of told to do between all of us. And so in season 10 of Gather for Her, that was our focus, breaking open to relational ways. And in this season, season 11, we're taking us further out on the skinny branches to explore holding space for vulnerability, because that's what happens when you're in relationship. Um, I want you to know that every gather conversation is offered to illuminate hope, to encourage possibility, and to challenge each of us to make the shift from individuated leadership to interconnected, uh, from top-down to heart-centered, or from transactional to relational. My name's Tina Overbury, or Tina O, and I'm your moderator. Uh, I'm an ally of settler heritage, and I'm currently living as an uninvited guest on the traditional unceded and ancestral territories of the Skohomish people. The uh, Coast Salish Sea is right outside my window, and I'm grateful to play and create and do my best work here to steward the land where I rest my head on Nechwalakwam, also known as Bowen Island. I'm super grateful to be in circle this morning with my co-conversationalists, uh, the Braid of Powerhouse, Charlene Sanjanko, Christina Benti, and Sharon Marshall aren't here with us today. Um, but the awesome Janet Mohappy Banks is here, is also one of our Amplify coaches and is a conscious leadership coach, uh, executive coach, and a whole bunch of things. 
Um, and uh, I'm just going to pass over to you, Shar, uh, to start us off and introduce yourself. And uh, no, not Shar, sorry, Janet, I'm out of order. Over to you, Janet. Um, and then Shar, if you can introduce Marilyn. I just, I'll go back to you in a second, Marilyn. Okay, over to you, Janet. Thank you so much, Tina. And thank you so much for having me again. I love these conversations so much. Um, so yeah, I'm very grateful to be here living um, on the unceded traditional territories of the Coast Salish people here in Coal Harbour, Vancouver. Um, I am an international best-selling author, speaker, breakthrough coach, and leadership consultant for high-achieving founders, entrepreneurs, leaders, and change makers. And my work basically helps you to be the version of you that breaks through all of your glass ceilings to reach the success and fulfillment you want without stressing out, burning out, or freaking out. Um, this is what I do now. <laughs> um, thank you so much again. Shah, I hand it over to you. Thank you, Janet. It's so good to be here in circle with you. I'm Charlene Sinjenko. I'm the founder of Powerhouse and of Regen Media. It's my pleasure to have a conversation this morning uh, from the traditional ancestral and unceded lands of the Squamish people here in Gibsons, BC on the Sunshine Coast. And uh, it is my pleasure to dig into deep, rich, meaningful conversation and just explore and see what comes through. Um, I This is one of my favorite things to do and very grateful and excited to um, meet Marilyn this morning. I want to um, honor and respect, uh, show honor and respect to her being here with us. And I'm just going to read, read her professional bio. Uh, forgive me for reading, but I don't want to miss anything. So I will tell you a little bit about Marilyn Maychuk. She's a cultural navigator and educator who has been learning with and from Indigenous people, Black and Brown people, about Indigenous research, methodologies, current practices, and approaches to community engagement. Learning through and with the arts as a form of self-expression, knowledge, identity, and a vehicle for reclamation, cultural continuity, and social change. Her work has evolved from being an educator to becoming a bridge between educators and the education system to parents and the community. Marilyn uses narrative inquiry and gathering to make and hold space for listening through oral, written, and visual stories about who we are, always doing her best to identify and empower the historically excluded equity-seeking and deserving voices in community. She absolutely loves picture books and in a variety of genres, especially from the growing masses of literature from Black, Brown, and Indigenous authors and illustrators. Marilyn embraces books and photography to decolonize and weave anti-racist, anti-oppressive approaches to learning and building intercultural understanding in ways that empower people to tell their stories that represent images of who we really are, who they really are, where they are coming from, and tell the whole story. And in reading that, it just uh, reconfirms how excited I am for this conversation. And uh, I just want to pass, pass the talking stick over to you, Marilyn, and tell us a, a little bit more about who you are and what you would 
what you would most want us to know about you in this moment? Well, Kuyonimik, for that for that lovely intro, um, I also wanted to just um, acknowledge um, so Ulukut, which is good morning in Inuktitut, um, and Aitzquil, um, which is good morning in um, Hulkaminam. I just wanted to acknowledge that I'm joining you from the traditional ancestral unceded territories of the Sinanemo uh, people here on the eastern shore of uh, Vancouver Island, central Vancouver Island. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, I love hearing that. I just, <laughs> picture books are the thing. And I just, I have to fangirl for a moment here, Janet. I absolutely love everything you post on LinkedIn. And there was a post the other day um, about, yeah, just about literature. There was, um, what was her name? I think you had shared uh, Eve Akini's Boca's uh, post of just how we overthink inclusion. And just, she, she um, Eve had shared examples of just like how simple it is, like just to see images of ourselves and, um, the images she had posted were illustrations of like a black black kids, black people, black families just doing everyday things. And I just like it's not hard. <laughs> um and so yeah, like I just love to see more of that. And, you know, we have I have these conversations frequently with um with some friends of mine, you know, who also who have kids who have grown who are now young adults and also you know kids who are in preschool and starting school and um yeah we just we want these were the things we wanted to see as kids when we were young and now as adults there's just yeah there's so many amazing people out there who are sharing the stories that we wanted to we're basically writing stories and illustrating stuff for us for you know for the little little kids inside of us. So I just I'm so excited for this conversation. And yeah, just thinking about moving from top down to heart centered to, you know, being in a relationship with each other is um yeah, the core of I feel who I am and the work that I do. So thank you for having me. Thank you, Marilyn. I also want to let everybody know that um, where we met, um, that you were part of the Indigenous Lift Collective initiative in the house. And I had the absolute pleasure of, of leaning in and, and hearing all of the layers of your story because I got to chat with you. And, you know, the whole goal was to write what you care about from the inside out in your in your impact. So I just want to hands up to uh, Vanessa Lesperance and to the Indigenous Lift Collective for what they do and our work with them and for the introduction to you. Um, I wonder if you want to pick up actually, I mean, we've got our first question, but I want to, I wonder if we can weave it into um, the fangirl piece with uh, Janet, because <laughs> there, there's a like-mindedness, maybe we might be able to build on something there. You know, our our, our first question is, you know, how do you how do you hold space uh, for yourself and for your team or the people you work with? Like, how do you how do you hold space? And I wonder if there's a weaving in here about it being easy, or does it take either of you somewhere? Do you want to build on this? What what, what arrives? 
And I'll just op open a mic to either of you, whoever wants to jump in on this one. I can go. <laughs> so in thinking about this um, and just having a conversation with a, with a couple of friends of mine, um, because my business is, I'm, I'm a sole, solopreneur. So I'm just starting my consulting business. But I have a team, a community of people around me who support me in, in my personal life, my business life. And my friend Veronica, oh, vulnerability. These are good feelings. Yeah, being able to hold space, hold space for each other to celebrate our joys, our hurts, our, our successes, our challenges, um, and just really creating community, a sense of belonging to, to come as you are, come as your whole self, no masks, um, just to be you. Um, and I think yeah, just in, as we were talking about it, that when we do that for each other, we allow each other to, to sit, to listen, and to listen for understanding, not listening to respond, but to really just to understand um, and just work things through with sometimes just getting that whatever we need out there. Uh, and not holding on to it anymore is all that we need. And um, yeah, just building that sense of trust, that relational trust with each other. Um, yeah, it just allows us to hold space for um, honoring each other, for um, space for creativity um, and intellectualizing um yeah intellectualizing things and going off on uh yeah the things that we're passionate about and just you know fill our soul and motivate us um and to laugh laughter is <laughs> so important just to be able to laugh at ourselves and laugh at the situation um yeah and know that we're okay we got each other's back and um you know, doesn't matter what's going on, that we'll make time and space for each other. Yeah, I, I love that. I love all of that. Um, and to weave the two together, for me, um, I'm just reminded of a client I once had. This was an incredibly, is, is an incredibly successful person um an incredibly successful woman you know she's been honored by the queen of england um when the queen was still alive obviously black a black woman who couldn't be seen who couldn't allow herself to be seen and when we dug deeply into the reasons for that it was because she never saw herself 
she never saw herself, you know, and there was um, this work that we did around a doll because she never had a black doll. As a young girl, there weren't black dolls. There weren't, there wasn't this representation of people like us. And so she learned from a very young age that the way that she looked, the way that she was, was undesirable. Like so undesirable, nobody even wants to make a doll of her. And I think that that's where it's so important. Representation in art and literature and toys are just so important because when we are able to see ourselves in the things that we view, in the things that we play with, we allow ourselves to see ourselves. We allow us to see us. Does that make sense? I know what I'm trying to say, but it's all a bit, yeah. We, and so when she was able through like this, you know, alpha wave work that we did, um, we went back and and we put a black doll in her child's hand, her as a child in her hand, and when she was able to do that, she was then able to see herself, and so the next time I saw her on camera, she wasn't all hidden in shadows. She was actually lit up because seeing herself meant that she allowed other people to see her too. And I think that that's, that's the work. Um, so yeah, Marilyn, I think what you're doing is, is wonderful, just wonderful. Thank you. What comes up for me in that, Janet, is the vulnerability of being seen and um, the vulnerability of um, what happens when you are seen. Um, because I would imagine, and, and Marilyn, I'd love to hear more about your the bridge building work that you do and how vulnerability lives in that. Um, I think we're often aware of that first step of vulnerability, like like I deserve to be seen and, and, and acknowledging that. But then as soon as we are seen, it opens up a whole other level of vulnerability that maybe is surprising because we actually got what we needed and now what? I'm just curious where that takes you, Marilyn, if you've experienced that or anything you want to add. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think, yeah, I remember in a numer numerous instances of like, okay, I'm just going to show up. I show up, you know, and be seen. It'll be enough. And then, um, yeah, that vulnerability of um, speaking my truth, you know, um, showing up as me and the courage to be myself in spaces and experiencing a bit of the, bit of the rub a bit of the you know the discomfort <laughs> you know in some spaces of like oh yeah we wanted you here but we just want you physically here <laughs> we don't we don't want you talking um or sharing your ideas not that that was ever explicitly said but that's you know the messages are that it got an interaction with people um yeah and just you know realizing the the courage it takes to be able to challenge and disrupt the status quo I mean as a speaking for myself as a as an Enoch Polish Ukrainian uh, woman um, entering into um, 
any space, but I'll, you know, I'm thinking specifically about indigenous spaces. You know, my role as an educator um, for the last, I don't know, seven, six, seven years of my uh, career in education, I was um, like a, a learning leader um, in the uh, area of indigenous education and showing up as an Enoch person, as an Enoch woman in those spaces is already disrupting the status quo because often it's, again, because of sheer population size and predominantly First Nations um, people in those spaces and, you know, and what we're learning about in schools and learning about just in history in and of itself um, uh, since the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And um, yeah, just saying, hey, like, I'm here. I'm Enoch Inuit are here. You know, we're, we're part of this, uh, we're part of this dialogue too. And um, realizing that, yeah, sometimes you just need, you need another ally. You need somebody else that you can, I'm going to say a buddy. <laughs> Sorry, my daughter is in kindergarten. So everything I'm thinking about is just like, okay, we have your buddies today. We have your learning buddy. <laughs> um, but yeah, sometimes you just need a buddy. You need a buddy to like navigate that space, those spaces and places together um, because it can be very challenging. Um, it can be soul crushing, um, but it can, it's also, um, I want to say invigorating, but but just knowing that, like, kind of stirring the pot a little, and just saying, like, "Hey, like, I'm here. See me, hear me," um, so that you can see and hear, you know, others like me. Um, and I think it takes a lot of courage to say this is something as an educator, classroom educator. I didn't even as a learning leader of just saying, "You know what? I don't know, but let's learn together," you know. I don't know all of the answers, um, but that's part of what life is. It's life is a learning journey. So let's figure this out together. I'd love to touch on just a couple of things. Um, the first is a comment and then the next I think takes us deeper into bridge building, but probably from the opposite end of the bridge. So just bear with me for a sec. Um, when you were speaking, Marilyn, about, especially about about your friend, um, your your colleague that you're able to 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 share and and grow and experience with, um, because I think there's two halves of this conversation. You know, like you are a new consultant, a new consultant in a new business as a change maker, and so you're living your vulnerability as you're growing and expanding so fast and you're, and you're, you're teaching and holding space. And that's all the point of all these conversations we're living into and leading. Um, we're, we're practicing what we preach, you know, for lack of a better, you know, better word. Um, so I got this picture when you were talking about, about you and, and your, your friend, your colleague, um, for me, holding space for vulnerability, is you know i i see you i see you in your fullest fullest greatness 
And I know there are many layers of you, many layers as an onion we've been taught. And I believe that vulnerability is as you are brave enough to dig into and and release each of those layers, I'm strong enough to stand beside you and I'll just have my hands out and I'm just going to keep holding the layers. As, you, as you're ready to dump them off, I'm there to hold them for you. And, uh, and that's been my lived experience. I, um, you, you will not get to the deepest layer of me until a deep sense of trust is built. And it's gotten, it's gotten a little easier, but not a lot easier. You know, it's, uh, um, so that takes me to your work in bridge building. And I feel like this is a relevant conversation or a piece of it. And then we can maybe swing back, but if we are building bridges at this time in history, we're building bridges on one side, but there's also the other side of the bridge that is needing help and allyship, I'm going to say. And this comes from a comment I had recently, so I feel like it's maybe a comment for this conversation. Um, I was speaking, to, okay, so I self-identified as indigenous when I was about 45 years old. So I spent the first 45 years of my life earning the respect of, I'm just going to say white males and the friendship of the friendship and the trust. So about a week or two ago, I had a conversation with one of my allies who is a white male in his seventies. And he said, Shar, I've been thinking a lot about reconciliation. I said, great. And he said, I'm just, I'm, I'm scared that it's going to go too far too fast. And I said, I said, okay, let's have a conversation about that. I could, I could, I could feel like, so I am here as an indigenous woman to be an ally for him and hold space for his vulnerability to try and understand where that fear is coming from. I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to like it, but I'm going to have, a, I'm going to hold space in conversation and try to understand it. And I want to make sure that there's, if we're bridge building, we're building on both sides of the bridge. <laughs> so there's my side of the bridge I'm building right now. And it's a very real side. Let me tell you, it's a, I don't know where that takes you in your work or in this conversation, but that's, that's where it's at for me right now. Oh yeah, that is, that is it. I mean, it's, um, so much of this work is, wow. Yeah. Being able to hold space for other people and to understand they're where they're coming from and to understand the layers and the history you know that they're just starting to come to know um and learn about and to help them unpack <laughs> unpack that while you're still trying to do it yourself <laughs> uh in this space um, in so many spaces and yeah it's it feels like sometimes um that we're building the bridge you know 
for people and because we want to get to the other side you know <laughs> we want that other side we want those you know to finally just be in a space where um i can just show up as who i am i don't have to explain myself i can just show up because um and represent because of me i don't have to do all of these layers of like acknowledging like see me for the multiple identities I have and that I have to explain myself um and yeah so as that bridge I think of this work you know um I see you now being on the other side as a parent now um of a kid who's starting school and seeing um yeah, the communication, the bridge that is needed, um, better bridges, I should say, extending the bridge to, um, yeah, have better engagement um, and knowledge and awareness of what's what's happening in school, but also um, having more meaningful discussions and engagements with families, with community. Uh, with caregivers, and I think that as bridge bridge, sorry, bridge bridge builders, is that we see we hold all of those. Um, we can hold all of those multiple uh, concepts, ideas, um, and juggle them around to see where um, where in the puzzle, you know, it fits um, for that given circumstance. Um, and it involves um, communication. Again, just um, open, honest, transparent communication with each other that, you know, we, we don't have this figured out, um, but we can figure it out together. And um, it takes a community to be able to do this. And I think it's that, it's that collective mindset and that collective thinking that you know we're stronger together rather than you know the individual of like it's me i have to change this realizing that um just, yeah i'm thinking about that but it's just yeah it's moving to that collective thought of um being able to see that we're we're a part of this world together, that we live in this world together, and we're um, we're experiencing this world together. And so how do we work to make it better together? Um, and yeah, that's just kind of where I'm sitting right now. And um, we all have different skills and strengths. And, you know, as bridge builders, like who are we build bringing in? Who can help us with this part? You know, who um, who has the skills um, or experience to be able to get us from here to there? And, you know, we need to call on each other for help because um, we all have gifts and talents and strengths um, to give and to offer um, and that we want others to be able to see within ourselves and acknowledge. Um, I am not sure. <laughs> Thank you. Um, um, thank you for that, Marilyn and Shar, for taking us there. Um, you said so much. Um, 
I really, I just sat in a moment of just reimagining what it would be like to walk in a room and not have to explain myself and what that would feel like. And not that I feel like I even have to explain that myself that, that much. I'm a pretty privileged white chick that can walk into any room and not have to explain myself. But, you know, there are compartments that I do. Like if, if I'm walking around with that, I can't imagine, you know, or I can try to imagine. So I would just encourage our listeners just to take a moment and imagine what it would be like to get up every day and arrive in the places you arrive without any thought of ever having to explain yourself. Because I, that's the world I see that you're, that you care, oh, you care about the world, Marilyn, but that's the world that you are reimagining for all of us. Um, so I want to take that into the sector that you do a lot of work in, which is the education world. And, um, you know, our second question was if vulnerability was a medicine, you know, how, how might that apply, you know, in the work that you do? It doesn't have to be, you don't, you don't have to be that obvious about it. I might even just go into this, like in the work that you do around like a, a school where, or the, a system where people can walk in without having to explain themselves, you know, can you tell us a little bit about the bridge building work that you're doing in that sector or anything that is on your heart around the work you're doing there right now? Um, right now, I think when I think about myself personally, um, so in my bio, it touched on a little bit about um, photography uh, and I've been getting back, getting back into it. Um, there's a period of time where I just, like, I felt, I don't know, maybe stuck. And I just, like, that creativity, like, that space for creativity wasn't there. And uh, I'm finally getting back into it. And there's uh, part of my my commitment to myself in nourishing and nurturing that part of myself is joining a, um, it's, what is it called? It's called the Click Community. Um, it's just a, it's a community of people who have a passion for photography and who are all, you know, aspects of the spectrum from hobbyists to professional photographers. And majority of the um, people in that community are, are women or female identifying um, folks. And uh, there's a, decided I'm going to do it again this year. There's a called Project 52, and it's a 52-week challenge. So there's a theme every week um, to basically help you work on, um, yeah, just building your photography skills and that, you know, tapping into that creativity. And there was a, a theme, was it last week, the week before, um, where it was around self-portraits. I am getting, learning to get more comfortable taking pictures of myself. I'm far more comfortable being behind the camera and taking pictures of other people. And um, it was the theme, oh no, it wasn't self-portraits. The theme was seasonal. Um, and in the description, you know, it also shared that, you know, it's, you could do a self-portrait and thought, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take, I just start taking more photos of myself and, um, you know, being on Vancouver Island, it's the rainy season. 
And so it just, that week was not, not a good week to go out, um, outside and, you know, take pictures. I mean, I could take pictures of rain, but I just didn't take pictures of rain. So that, okay, I'm going to do a self-portrait. And I had had this idea in the back of my mind. And in speaking of that vulnerability piece, I'm like, so this, this community is also predominantly white, you know, white women. Um, and there, I do see, um, more people, um, of the global majority. So they're black, brown, Asian, South Asian, um, you know, women, um, in these spaces. And I thought, I really wanted to do this self-portrait of myself wearing, you know, the Vermeer's painting, the girl with the pearl earring. I'm going to do my own spin on this. So I got, I was like, okay, I think I'm courageous enough to like, I could take the picture, but courageous enough to actually put it out there, you know, put it in a public space <laughs> and do so. And so I got my, um, I got my Kokum scarf or my babushka, you know, and I wrapped it up. I got my friend Veronica to help me, you know, figure out how do I, how do I tie this on? Um, and I got, um, instead of a pearl earring, I, um, these beautiful little caribou antler earrings, um, that I got from Hainani, uh, design there, uh, Inuit, um, Inuit designers from Alviat, uh, in Nunavut. And, um, so I got my caribou antler earring and I got, uh, you know, got a beautiful sweater on and, you know, we did the pose and decided that, you know, the background shouldn't just be just muted, you know, black or whatever. It's like, I'm going to have a bit of a, a nature scene, a forest scene behind me with, with the light on there. And I, I was happy with it. And when it came to the time of like, okay, it, it took me a good 30 minutes of like, okay, I can post this. I'm going to post it. Okay. No, not yet. Okay, I'm going to write a little bit about the description. And I, you know, again, it's the education piece, the building, bridge building of um, explaining what a Kokum scarf was, um, explaining, you know, um, uh, caribou antler earrings. And um, I had titled my self portrait Arnak, which is woman in Inoktitu, Arnak with a caribou antler earring. So again, just. Yeah, always, you know, providing a bit of that education and understanding of like Anok, like so I'm Inok and Anok means woman in Inoktitu in the dialect um, that my mother speaks um, and explains a little bit the caribou antler earring and, but you know, showing up as me, showing up as me in this space, you know, I and challenging, you know, I think about that with, uh, when I think about the work I've done with educators of like, here are ways you can, you know, you can challenge us. Like, how do, how do other people look at this? Like, you know, we look at art predominantly white, you know, Western European art, um, mostly men, um, white men. Like, how can we, how can we start challenging and, you know, interrogating those uh those narratives 
that are out there and what can we start doing? How can you work with, you know, with students, with community members? Um, let them be the ones to, um, to tell the story, to, um, to craft the narrative. You don't have to be the one to do it. You just have to be the facilitator and the guide uh, in doing so, which is what the work, the work is. And I, when I think about Charlene, back to um, you know the conversation you had with with your friend there, um, that we um, we're walking on this journey together, right? And um, as bridge builders, um, I just have this vision, you know, this image in my mind of like we're walking side by side next to each other and just a reminder of um, in so many spaces I've been in with um, First Nations um, elders and knowledge keepers, um, you know, in Ontario and in BC here, that just a reminder of like, Nobody's above when we gather in circle and, you know, or alongside, nobody's above, nobody's below, nobody's behind, nobody's in front. We're all equals here. And, um, yeah, just that reminder that we're here to learn with each other um, and figure this out. You don't have to be an expert in that expectation. of like being an expert, we need to just need to let go of it. Which, that layer of the onion we need to shed. Just let go of that layer. Janet, <laughs> I want to pass to you. Yeah, so what I've been hearing, what I've been hearing this whole conversation is the underlying need to be seen and be heard. And that is a, a place of vulnerability. Um, but it's also as change makers, as bridge builders, we get to hold that space to allow people to be seen and be heard. Like Shah, your your um, friend that um, said, you know, it's all happening too 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 fast. All he wanted was to be seen and heard in his own vulnerability, in his own fear of this was my identity, and now I don't know who I am anymore. If that part of me is taken away, which it's not ever going to be taken away, but that's the feeling that I think was coming from him, you know. And so, I mean, we're going to go into this right at the end, but this, um, this just being present disrupts the status quo. That that is my my takeaway of this whole conversation. When you said that, Marilyn, just being present disrupts the status quo. Because that's other people just seeing you and going, oh, and reflecting back to them, okay, well, how do I feel about this person now entering my space? And it's that. And it's just, yeah, loving this conversation. <laughs> yeah, we're, it's, we've got like two minutes before we squeeze. I'm going to squeeze in another two minutes before we do our wrap-up circle. Um, Marilyn, I'm going to pass back to you. Is there just, um, you know, our third question uh, is around, you know, what's your long game? What's the long game that you're holding space for? Anything you want to add? Um, no. Uh, well, yes. I think maybe just a continuation of um, 
Janet, what you were saying is that just what am I holding space for? I'm holding space for the time when, you know, myself and others no longer have to come and show up with a minority mindset of like, I'm the only, or there's only so few of us that it's just, we're here. We're here, we're seen. And yeah, I just, I look forward to that day of no longer having to, you know, we have to further remind people of all multiple identities that we have, you know, and that we hold in the spaces uh, that we're in that um, are the intersectionality of our identities um, and our experiences are acknowledged and understood um, and that we see each other as, as human beings. And then we come into this space then we have something to offer and yeah, that I no longer have to, I mean, I love, I love sharing don't get me wrong, I love sharing that I'm, you know, Polish-Ukrainian, um, but that it, to no longer have to start every single time when I enter a space to be, to say, by the way, I'm a Polish-Ukrainian woman, you know, this is where my mother was from, this is where my father was from, um, though it's important because that's part of, that's part of my roots and who I am, but yeah, we can just just be who we are. Wow. Thank you, Marilyn. There's a lot in the space. Um, if you're watching, just invite you to breathe. And take a, as my good friend Nicole Natras always says, take seven seconds to allow what's been said in the room to just have its way with you for a moment. <laughs> Let's move into our closing round of what we're taking away from this conversation. And Marilyn, we'll go to you last. You know, the last word. Um, I'll begin. Um, I don't know that I actually have words uh, like, or clear words for it right now. It feels really misty, like very ethereal, not ethereal, but just like, like it's words between words that I'm noticing. And so my, my takeaway is uh, I slow down even more. And um, just I'll, I'm giving myself instructions right now, like ha allow more of that awareness of of what might be in the room that that uh, is in the room, but may not have a voice or words or um, there might not be enough. I don't like that word enough, but anyway, bravery to share that yet. But it doesn't mean it's not in the room. So that's where I'm, that's what I'm leaving with is slow down even more to see people. Yeah, thank you. And I'll let whoever wants to go next, whoever feels they're ready to go. 
I kind of covered mine before. So um, yeah, the the being present disrupts the status quo and um, the importance of giving space to giving that vulnerable space to see people for people to be seen um and feeling brave enough to enter into that vulnerability of being seen um yeah that's what that's what i'm taking away so yeah i'm i'm just taking the away the visual of bridge building and how we will get to be whole humans uh, where we can ditch the minority mindset faster if we're building the bridge from both ends. And I think if I'm listening through the words today, that is the invitation of just beyond this conversation is this is this craving. It's back to a fire circle we had a couple years ago, you know, one family. It's, um, this is, these are all very important conversations to have. And ultimately we are one human family that is whose job it is to heal and return to spirit. I just have this image of, yeah, two hands just. I'm not sure what they're doing, if they're holding space or what they're holding, but it's just that nurturing. Is that the right word? Nurturing, caring, um, being able to hold space. That, you know, there is, there is, I guess, foundation, like, you know, the bottom isn't going to follow from under you, though it feels like it sometimes. Right. But that, um, yeah, there's a foundation there. And sometimes we just need to slow down and um, be silent um, in whatever way that looks like. Um, and just and feel it to know that it's, you know, it's there. Somebody's got you. somebody's got you and love that thanks Marilyn um want to let all of our listeners know that when Marilyn launches her podcast or as she as it comes out comes forward we're going to be right there sharing it with all of you in in our community and um um yeah just watch there'll be more information about Marilyn coming and you can check out her amplify profile on our website on the powerhouse website. Um, and I want to thank you, all of our listeners for joining us on gather for her, a powerhouse masterclass series, unpacking what it means to be a relational leader in these unprecedented times of global change. Gather for her is created by powerhouse where we champion relational leaders using our relational change maker model, which looks like a community of practice called the leader path, a storytelling platform where we met Marilyn called amplify and our constellation network. That is the house. Uh, everything we do is guided by indigenous and ancestral wisdom, which is more often than not matriarchal and matrilineal in approach, which is where the her comes from in our name. We want to thank our impact media producer and sister company, Regen Media, Charlene Senjenko, 
who reminds us that we can take the power of media into our own hands when we support stories that heal, regenerate, uplift, and transform. We also want to thank the hands that are back here at Powerhouse. That's uh, Powerhouse and Regen's digital storytellers, Zoe Gray, Madeline Archibald, and Willow Smith. And to my co-hosts and sisters in change, the braid of Powerhouse, Shar, Christina, and Sharon. Christina and Sharon aren't here today. Um, but unto you today, Janet, my happy banks for being here and all you bring to the house. Um, and to all of you, our listeners, our community of change makers, leaders, and social impactors, thank you for walking with us in co-creation of the world that we're living into together. You're always welcome here each week on Gather for Her, and there's a place for you at our fire on the leader path where we are unpacking this conversation in our wisdom circle and um, just know that uh, on Marilyn's words, you know, at Powerhouse, uh, you're making us um, even more aware, Marilyn, of the importance for brave spaces to see people and where people can practice showing up as they are, where they are in that moment. So thank you for all that you do. And we'll see everybody again on our next Gather episode. Thanks for being here. As always, we are so grateful for your openness to learn and unlearn with the changemakers in the house. Each episode of the Gather podcast is offered to illuminate hope, encourage possibility, and challenge each of us to make the shift from individual leadership to interconnected, from top-down to heart-centered, from transactional to relational. We invite you to co-create with us on the leader path and integrate Gather into your monthly changemaker rhythm for amplification, acceleration, ancestral wisdom, well-being, and intentional action for future generations. Find us at powerhouse.com and get social with us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Until next time, keep listening and know we're always here, ready to be hands at your back.